I'm going to uh, probably upset somebody. There's nothing unusual there. But I, I, wanted, I want to start a series, just a little series if we can, on detoxing from the world. Because there is so much toxin out there in the world today. Are you, are you agreed? Right? This is a crazy world in which we live. And uh, I think that we, we need to detox from that, don't you? And uh, so I was thinking about I thought I wanted to run a, a series on detoxing from, from all the stuff out there in the world. We're going to look at things like rage and, 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 and bitterness and a whole bunch of stuff like that. But this morning, I want to look at truth, or should we say untruth, or should we say, you know, kind of truth, your truth, my truth. It, look, if you're going to detox from something, you have to make a conscious decision to rid your, harm, your body of the harmful toxins things that are introduced, introduced to your body via food or air or something else that you come in contact with. So if you want to detox, what do you actually do? Think about it. Yeah, you, you drink green stuff. I know that. But other than drinking green stuff, what do you actually do? Well, first of all, you, you have to stop the input of toxins into yourself, don't you? That's a good start. Next, you clean out the toxins, you neutralize the poison, and then you start putting the right things in. Well, none of us is, is immune from the toxins that are out there in our society in a 21st century world. Our world is a mess. Our world is such a mess that even unbelievers are starting to look at things and say, well, that's just weird. Right? It's not just... Christians aren't the weirdos here. Even unbelievers are saying, but that doesn't make any sense. And so I want to address some of this. And I apologize in advance for offending somebody. But, you know, like... We need to say this stuff, don't we? Uh, I, I don't want to be the guy who kept quiet. So I'm going to look closely at several areas of our, our toxic culture over the next uh, few weeks. But this influences and infects our minds. And to discover how to detox from these satanic influences, we need to immunize, and yes, I do use that word, we need to immunize ourselves, vaccinate ourselves from the toxicity of our modern world. Because there is such a thing. So let's start detoxing by talking about truth or the lack of it. Now, what is truth? When Jesus was standing before Pilate, they had a conversation. John chapter 18, verse 37. If you've got a Bible, please, please follow along. We have notes in our, um, in our app as well, if you have the Ignite app, which you should have. Um, and if you've got this memorized, good for you. John 18, 37. Jesus said, everyone who is of truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? Pretty key moment. Pilate washed his hands of truth and Jesus was crucified. But Pilate's words, I believe, echo resoundingly in 21st century Australia. What is truth? We live in a world where nobody seems to have any idea what truth actually is. I was talking to a young man uh, a month or two ago and he said to me, he said to me these words, he admired the way I supported my truth, but my truth was not his truth. I said, well, we need to detox from the public perception of relative or changeable truth. And, and because, how, I, said, I said to him, listen, dude, if, if your truth is different to my truth, it can't be truth. Because it's, it, truth doesn't change. And he was shocked because he, he'd never thought of that. He thought your truth could be different to my truth, could be his truth. So how are we going to diagnose this problem? Let me give you a couple of things about truth <clears throat> that you need to think about going forward. Number one, truth is absolute. My truth, your truth, his truth, her truth. This is one of the greatest ploys 
Satan has in our modern culture to redefine truth as being relative, relative to the worldview of the individual, relative to the worldview of the media or the government, relative to how you feel on any given day. Listen, if your truth is different to my truth or his truth or her truth, then somebody is, has not got truth here, right? What you believe or don't believe or what you hold dear or what you get upset about has zero bearing on truth because truth is not relative. If truth is relative, it's not truth because truth by its very definition has to be absolute. Truth has to be truth regardless of who espouses it. John chapter 8 verse 31, Jesus said this to the Jews, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, I look around at this world and no one looks free to me because then they don't, they don't have the truth. I believe God's word is true from cover to cover. That is my belief. I don't care if you think it's old-fashioned. I don't care if you think it's out of touch with modern society. God's word remains truth because truth never changes. Otherwise, it wouldn't be truth. This, folks, is the standard for truth. The Word of God is the standard for truth, the yardstick by which we measure truth. It has been for centuries, and it will remain so forever, because Jesus said, John 17, 17, sanctify them in your truth. Your Word is truth. And He says, your Word will not pass away. So, Jesus says, the Bible is truth. That's good enough for me. Now, you might say, I don't believe the Bible. Therefore, it's not truth. Listen, truth is truth regardless of your or my or anyone else's opinion. It's a truth. You might say to me, I don't believe in gravity. That's fine. Step outside of a 10-story window and you'll believe. <laughs> it'll probably take you about 1.5 seconds and then, you know, it'll impact you. You might say, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in heaven and hell, and I don't believe in life after death. That's fine. But five seconds after you die, you'll believe. And by then it will be too late. You see, truth has to be absolute or it's not truth. The toxic your truth, my truth slogan is a lie from the pit of hell. And you know what? It's dragging our community and our society to hell right now. Because nobody knows what truth is. So beware of the deception infection. See, the toxin we've been to the, that we have all around us in our society is a blatant satanic attack, not on the church, but upon truth itself. We have people in positions of power in our nation that are calling evil good and good evil. And they're claiming it's all a new truth. And their new truth is diametrically opposed to what has been accepted as truth for centuries. This toxic infection is affecting every person in our society unless we immunize, dare I say, vaccinate against untruth. Okay? So what are we talking about here? Well, let's be frank. Or Fred or Betty or Wilma or whoever I identify as. I'm going to choose Frank right now. <laughs> Proverbs 12 says this, verse 22, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of a fool proclaims folly. Now, if we live in a world of lying lips, and they're out there proclaiming folly and insisting that every person in our society 
change to suit their point of view. So when, when it comes to truth, who can you actually believe? This is a question. Who can you actually believe? If you, if you say, well, truth's not relative, there's got to be a standard somewhere. It's like having a, a measuring stick. Fiona showed me something on Facebook the other day. Was was two, um, two what do they call those pull-out um, tape, tape measures, the pull-out things? But whatever they are. But where they, li- listen to this, and you and you're going to love this, mate. Where they, where they stuck the, you know, the hooky bit on that hooks on things, right? Where that was attached, they attached it at different spots. So one was attached on the end and the other one was attached almost, you know, two centimetres further in. Does that not mess with your measurement? There's no standard here. Imagine if we had a tape measure that measured in calithumpians. Oh, that's only six calithumpians. You don't know what that is because we don't know what a calithumpian is. We've got to have a standard, do we not? Do we not? So what is the standard? Well, if you listen to the world, they will tell you science is the standard. They will say, trust the science. This, was, this is the mantra about global warming. and that, This is the mantra about COVID. Trust the science. Trust the science. The problem is... Many are now saying they don't really have an issue with the science, they just don't trust scientists. And lawmakers, most of whom are lawyers, not scientists anyway. Now, I'm sure you have an opinion on global warming. Um, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but you can say, you can trust the science all you want, but it seems like everybody has their own science to back up what they're saying. Have you noticed that? Everybody can quote a scientist to back up what they're saying. The same with COVID. Everybody quotes a scientist or two, but all the, none of the scientists agree. How do we trust it? It changes all the time. I mean, think about I was talking with uh, uh, an expert in, in um, the field to do with COVID and stuff last week. And he said, look, here's a balanced approach. And I like balanced approach because it makes sense to my kind of scientific mind. He said, look, when COVID first hit, we knew, well, we didn't know much about it. And we knew it was potentially very deadly. And, and very sort of transmissible. So he said he thought the first lockdown and that sort of stuff was, was justified. And I think if you look at Italy and places like that, it was a deadly situation, okay? But he said within three to six months, they knew what this thing was about. Yet they kept the control going for another two years. That's not right. Okay? Not preaching against that today. I'm just saying you know, the disproportionate measures, right, whether you agree with them or not, they say, trust the science. How do we trust the science? So, so clearly, that situation went beyond science and into control. But see, that's just his opinion, or my opinion, or your opinion. It's not science. It's just opinion. Now, another area, while I'm busy offending people, another area of pseudo-truth is gender. Okay? Because, now listen to this, you can't trust the science in gender. Because it's not about science, it's about how you feel. The science says you are either XX or XY. But you can feel like you can decide that you identify as a man, a woman, a cat, a paper bag or a pink elephant if you want. Because it's how you feel. So suddenly our feelings trump science. Trust the science, how can we? The Bible says in Psalm 86 verse 11... Teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, 
my God with my whole heart and I will glorify your name forever. Now, our society rejects God's ways. We know that. And so refuses to walk in God's truth. But interestingly, that passage says, unite my heart. God's truth unites hearts. The Bible calls it an undivided heart, a heart that knows the truth and is not divided, is not questioning, is not confused. But you see, without solid, consistent, a solid, consistent source of truth, you will always get questioning, divided, double hearts, unstable, double-minded people, unstable in all their ways, as James says. Now, Paul writes, that's the second thing about truth, truth is stable. It, it is not unstable. Paul writes this in Ephesians 4, verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Does that not sum up our society? If we have no standard of truth, we open ourselves up to being tossed around by every doctrine, human cunning, deceitful schemes. You know, it, anything that comes along, we will follow it. And this is where most folks in Australia are at at the moment, right? They don't have a standard for truth. So anything that's peddled out there, they just swallow it and say, oh, that must be truth. And so they believe all this stuff. You know, we're at the mercy of governments, big business and lobby groups to get everything they want. You know, see, in Australia, we say all people are equal. It's just some are more equal than others. That's the problem. If you're a Christian, you're on the bottom of the pile right now. They're going to attack you because they don't like us holding on to truths that have been in place for millennia because they're truth. So they will say, but if you don't think that Australia is unequal, let me give you one observation that will prove that Australia is not equal. Okay? Homosexuals, as far as I can tell, they say it's between 2 to 3% of our population but they are in 100% of television shows and movies right now. 2%, 100%. Do you think these guys have some power? See, the world is consistent in their inconsistencies. And this is honestly, when we're talking truth, this is what I find really amusing. The world is tying itself in a tangle right now caused by its own ridiculous philosophies and so-called truths which change every five minutes. So yes, they say, here's an example, we are committed to changing gender whenever anyone feels like it, if they identify as another, that's okay. But whoops, men dressed as women are competing in women's sports and blitzing them. And they go, oh, that's not fair. We can't have that, so we're going to ban gender, gender, transgenders from sports. But who caused the unfairness in the first place? Who made the law? So they make a law then they find that it's not actually a truth, it's not fair at all. So now they've got to roll it back. Let's talk about another one, abortion. They will tell you abortion is okay up until birth because the government says that and apparently it's not a real baby up until it's born. But when you go to a pregnant woman, you don't, you don't say to her, when is your fetus due? What do you say? When is your baby due? Right? So it's another double standard. Society's rules change almost daily, but the real truth never changes. The Bible says a baby is a person from conception and it changeth not. Jesus described uh, our society quite aptly when he looked at two, two men. 
He said, a wise and a foolish builder in Matthew 7. Listen to this. So the wise man builds on the rock, but listen to what he says about the foolish one. Everyone who hears these words of mine does, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I tell you, we are living in a house of cards built on sand right now and it's toppling as we speak. Peter Marshall, great Christian leader, said this, better to stand for something lest you fall for anything. What profound words. With no standard of truth, most people in our society believe whatever is peddled to them because they don't know any better. They have no standard. Whether it's climate change, gender, COVID, abortion, euthanasia, morality, or anything else, most of our nation has no standard of truth and thus falls for anything because there's no standard there. The third thing about truth is that truth must be spoken out. When faced with lies and untruth, the truth must be spoken out. And frankly, the kingdom of God have dropped the ball on this one. We haven't spoken out enough. When I hear of whole denominations advocating clearly unbiblical doctrine, I start to get a bit cranky. Do you? Because it's not right. Ephesians 4.25 says this, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we, we are members one of another. Now, as a church, I have to tell you, here at Ignite, we will stand and speak the truth to a nation that is going to hell. And I am committed to preaching truth, the truth of the Bible, regardless of the consequences. Because while God is love, while God is love, He is also holy. We've got to get this right. 1 John 3, 18 says, Little children, let us not love with word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. You see, lies are not love. You don't lie to people you love. It's not enough to believe God's truth and shut your mouth. Edmund Burton, the great statesman, said this, All that is required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. If we are truly Christian, we should speak the truth and speak it out. Now, I'm stunned. I'm, I'm always stunned by the Bible because I think it's awesome. And the Word of God speaks to me every day. But I'm stunned when I read Romans 1 because he could be describing 21st century Australia right now. Now, Romans 1, you know, talks about a bunch of stuff that, um, you know, if you're um, philau, you're not allowed to mention, but everyone else, you know, it's what it talks about. It talks about, about licentiousness. It talks about excesses. It talks about adultery. It talks about homosexuality. And it says that they are sin. Okay, But then the final verse of Romans 1, listen to what this says. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, which is debauchery, adultery, homosexual, all that sort of stuff, right? They not only do them, listen to this, but give approval to those who practice them. See, we are living in an age where certain denominations have decided that... that, that they're not indulging in these, these aberrant sexual behaviors themselves, but they are giving approval to those who do. And I think it's a travesty. I think it's an insult to God. This is where I believe we must speak out for God's unchanging truth. Not speaking out, listen to this, if you say nothing, society interprets that as, a, as approval. 
I'm excited. I mean, I'm always excited. Just ask Fiona. I'm always excited. But I'm excited right now because for the first time in our history, we as Christian believers, brothers and sisters, have the opportunity to stand for righteousness and it might actually cost us something. More than just your friends saying, oh, you're Christian, right? But we are moving into a stage where we have to, you know, we should make our beliefs known and stand on our beliefs. And for the first time in our history, we have the opportunity to actually seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? What a privilege to this generation, including us. So what is the antidote for untruth in our nation? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Therefore, beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So when it comes to matters of truth, real truth, God's truth, if we are to detox, we need to be steadfast and immovable. Oh, you're just a bigoted hypocrite. You know, yeah. I stand on truth that has stood for centuries and I stand by it. I don't chuck it out and, and adopt something new. So we, I believe we as believers, we need to stand on the truth. How do we do that? Number one, you have to know what the truth is to stand on it. John 8.31 says this. Jesus said to the Jews, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's a freedom that comes when you know the truth. So when I see some of these excesses out there, I... I look at them and just go, that's weird, that's odd, that doesn't make any sense. But I don't question whether they're right, because I know the truth. I'm free. Step one is knowing the truth, and we can only know the truth when we read the Word of God. That's the way we know the truth. We have a Bible reading plan here. If you do uh, 101 and 201, we'll introduce you to that. We would love you to join us. This is not so we can tick a box and say, oh, these people are reading our Bible reading plan. This is because we want you to put the Word of God inside of you. So that if I say something aberrant or weird, you can say, but the Bible says, right? So we want you to read the Bible. We want you to study the Bible. I get up every morning and I read the Bible because this is life. This is truth to me. And it is to you. Remember the armor of God. We talk about, oh, get up in the morning, suit up in the armor of God. Let's look at Ephesians 6, verse 13. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. So what is the armor of God? What's the first thing in the armor of God? Stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth. The next thing is the breastplate of righteousness, which is truth lived out. You see how truth is so central to what we believe we have to know it. The second thing is we have to speak it. In Zechariah 8 verse 16, it says this, These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render your gates judgment uh, that, that are judgments that are true and make for peace. Speak the truth to one another. When it comes to morality, doing nothing is doing something. So we must be prepared when confronted with untruth, we have to proclaim truth. Do I hear an Amen. And, and, and listen, they're not going to like it. They hate it when you oppose them. Don't believe me? Get on Facebook and say something controversial. <laughs> Two minutes' time, you'll have a whole stack of comments from people you've never met before calling you an idiot and an imbecile and, and legalistic 
and, 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 and you know, you Christians are this and that. People you don't even know. Because we are, people are so angry out there. They're so angry. But Jesus said, John 15, 18, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. There's a good standard. It hated him first. So don't get upset if they hate you. This church will continue to proclaim truth despite the consequences. Because I think that's what the Lord wants. Don't you? However, the next point, the third thing about applying uh, truth in our society, this one's going to hurt a little bit for some of us. Be loving, gentle, and respectful. The verse we started with, that Jay read to us, I want to finish wrapped around this verse. It is, you know, it's, it's where it gets hard for those zealots among us who want to uphold the truth at all costs. Because the Bible says to love people. Listen to it again, 1 Peter 3, 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Hey, that's cool. If we stand up for truth and someone attacks us, we're blessed. Who wants to get blessed? There you go, look out. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honour Christ Jesus as Lord, as holy. Always be prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that's within you. We love it up until that point. Then it says, you do this with gentleness and respect. See, this is where some of us fall down. You know, some Christians are all truth and no love. They're maximum judgment, zero grace. That's not what Peter's talking about. That's not what Jesus was talking about. He said, you know, do this with gentleness and respect. Now, those two words are interesting. We can defend the truth with gentleness and respect. Gentleness is the Greek word proutis, which means meekness. It doesn't mean weakness. It means meekness. There's a difference. Weakness is weakness. Meekness is weakness, sorry, is strength under control, right? So a meek person is strong enough to take action, but they control themselves. That's meekness. And the second word is the word, uh, the word for respect is the word phobos, from which we get phobias, because it means a healthy fear or a reverence of something. It doesn't mean running around scared. It means honoring somebody else with a healthy fear. We should fear God in a healthy way. Uh, you know, husbands and wives should fear each other in a healthy way. Okay? I said that, yes. It's a, it's a, it's a healthy respect, okay? I'm not going to go down there either. Don't you take me down there. I heard about a guy... Sorry. He was down the pub with his mates. And he said, they're all bragging about how they had it over there. Was this guy said, when I left my wife, she was on her knees before me. Really? They said, yeah. What was she saying? She was saying, get out from under that bed, you coward. <laughs> Listen to me. Respect and gentleness. No one is abused or argued into the kingdom of God. Only love. John 13, a new commandment I give to you, love one another, just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, when you, when you proclaim truth, you can do it in love and gentleness and respect, and they ain't going to love you back. I've got to tell you that. Be warned. But we can still love those 
that we disagree with, even those that attack us. So don't fall for this worldly argument that if you love someone, you let them do whatever they want. It doesn't work with my kids. Does it work with your kids? No. If you let them do whatever they want, they would eat ice cream all the time. That's not healthy for them. You know, we, you can love them. You just don't have to agree with them and give them everything they want. You can still love them. I was talking with um, um, Lily, our granddaughter, and she, she has all these rules. Like, if she's got biscuits, Dad, you can't have these biscuits. These are kid biscuits. They're not adult biscuits. Pa, you can't do that. And, 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 but if I bring something out, she says, well, I can have their kids and, and adults at the same time. And I went, after a while, I said to her, hang on a minute, who's making these rules up? And she said, me. <laughs> but you don't have to give in to everything in the name of love. Don't fall for that. You can respectfully disagree and still love them. And that needs to be our stance. We need to respectfully disagree and still love people. So I know the truth. I read his word. I want to speak out the truth. I want to proclaim truth and not back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. That's where, that's where we've got to be. But it's also, an un, it's also a gentleness and respect for people. That's the balance. That's the challenge. So are you up for that challenge? Because I think we can make a difference if we do that. I want to do a couple of things before I finish here. I want you to hold up whatever this is. You got one of these? I bet you all do. Hold it up for me. Wave them around. Look at that. It's like a concert. They used to wave candles. Now they wave these, right? What you hold in your hand is a, a cell phone, a mobile phone. You might have a smartphone. You might have a dumb phone. I don't know, but mine's fairly smart. This is the symbol of our modern society. Right, Because this thing, every few years, you have to get a new one. In fact, every month or so, they update the software. It is constantly changing. It is never the same. This is the symbol of our society right now. Think about it. All the internet sites you can visit on this thing. All the information you can get on this thing. How many selfies can you take? You know, this is the symbol of our society right now. Now hold up in your hand, in your other hand, the Bible. Mine's on an iPad, but have you got the Bible? You're holding the phone up, most of you. What's going on? <laughs> because the Bible, on the other hand, represents God's truth, God's constant, unchanging truth. It's God's Word, His standards, true from cover to cover. It's been the backbone of our society, the backbone of our judicial system for more than 2,000 years, and it, it must never change. It will never change. So you've got two, two hands, right? And it's a balance between those two. Job 31 verse 6 says this, Let me be weighed in a just balance. Let God know my integrity. So your weighing this morning is you've got a weigh in a just balance between technology and the Word of God. Who's winning? If you lean too far to technology, you will, you will visit morally compromised internet sites. You will believe as truth whatever the narrative is out there. Like the rest of society, you will have no moral compass. But if you balance technology with the Word of God, if you read it and study it daily, if you obey it, if you live it, you can still use your smartphone, but you can be even smarter because you're balancing it with truth. 
Isn't that incredible? You can detox from the lies and be immunized against the untruth of this world by keeping a balance between your cell phone and your Bible. And I want to urge you, if you don't have quiet times and spend time with the Lord, you need to start. And you say, but I haven't got time. Have you got time to get on Facebook? Have you got time to use your phone to find out some information? You do have time. You're just not putting it in the right place. There's no balance. If you don't have that balance, then as soon as they chuck something at you, you're going to believe it because you haven't got the truth, the absolute truth, balancing out against what this world is offering. So with all of this talk, let me wrap it up, all of this talk about tolerance. They, they say to us that we are intolerant. And... Um, I love the way that they're excluding us from stuff and persecuting us in the name of tolerance. Uh, another example of truth that isn't, right? But I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you this morning, this will shock you, I'm going to ask you for tolerance. Deadly quiet. I'm going to ask you, to be tolerant. The world is accusing us of being intolerant, but I'm calling you today to be tolerant. Listen, we have to be intolerant of bad ideas, but we have to be tolerant of people. We have to be intolerant of untruths perpetrated as truth, of ridiculous woke ideas that they are shoving down our throats. We need to be intolerant to that, but we must remain tolerant of people, whether, they agree, whether we agree with them or not whether they agree with us, whether they attack us. The Bible calls us to love them, every one of them, and to stand for truth with gentleness and respect. Every person I know, gay or straight, addict or free, trans or non-binary, whatever that is, all of them, number one, what they just want to be loved and treated like they matter. They matter to God and they should matter to us. So I'm calling you today to be intolerant of untruth, but still remain tolerant to the people themselves, to love them unconditionally, whether they offend you or not. This is our chance to hate the sin and love the sinner. We've said that for years, oh, we hate the sin and we love the sinner. But the truth is we've actually hated both in the way we've treated them sometimes. I think that's got to stop. We need to love and reach out to people no matter what. But don't tolerate the bad ideas. I had a, um, a guy slash girl slash whatever it is came in to see me for an eye test a little while ago. And um, I, 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 in talking to him, I was, I was really moved that he would never look me in the eye because he was ashamed. And, and, and I thought, well, Lord, what do I do with this guy? I disagree with his life choices. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, that's okay. I disagree with some of your life choices too. Um, but I'm still with you. So you've got to love this guy. So I, I, I loved him as much as I could. I treated him better than anybody else because I thought, I'm just going to love this guy. And, and you know, by the end of it, he was looking at me. We were conversing. We were, we were sharing, you know, fellowship together. And he walked out of there feeling incredibly blessed. Why? Because I didn't persecute him. I loved him, despite the fact I didn't agree with him. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves God has been born of God and knows God. If anyone does not love, uh, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So I'm asking you today to suit up 
you know, for the battle, put on the armor of God, especially the belt of truth, and get ready to fight, but also get ready to love. Okay? And who do we fight? Who are we fi- Are we fighting individuals? No. Are we fighting the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ? No. Transgenders? No. The media? Not even the media. Not even the ABC. <laughs> We're not fighting uh, our, our politicians. We're not fighting people who are standing up triumphing this. I saw it during the week. Miss Netherlands is a bloke. I'm not kidding. Miss Netherlands is a transgender guy. Huh? What does that say to the other girls? What does that say? You know, we're not fighting any of those guys. You want to know who we're fighting? Look at Ephesians 6, verse 12. Listen to this. We do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You see, we don't fight this battle out there on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. We fight this battle on our knees. We fight this battle praying for our nation, praying for our people, praying for our loved ones that are falling victim to this. I had a, I've mentioned this before, but I had a conversation with my, my, my brother-in-law some years ago now when he was saying, saying you know, we should have uh, gay ministers in church. And I said, no, we shouldn't. And he said to me, he said, he said the problem with you, Darren, is you look at society through the Bible and you need to look at the Bible through society. And I said, amen. Thank you so much. Because we have to look at society through the Bible, not the other way around. Because society changes every two minutes and the Word of God lasts forever and changes not. So today what I'm going to do is a little bit different to finish up. I want us to pray for our people in our nation. I want you to think maybe people you know who who are just wrapped up in this whole woke thing. They need to be awoke to the truth. And so I'm not saying you should get there and hit them over the head with a Bible. I'm saying you should pray for them. And when they challenge you on something, you should know your Bible enough to stand on the truth with gentleness and respect. Do I hear an amen? So I'm going to finish up things a little bit differently here. This, this is, you know, slightly strange. We're going to finish with a big prayer meeting. And if, if you're around on Tuesday nights, please come to the prayer meeting. It's a phenomenal time. I mean, we get into the presence of God and it is awesome. But we're going we're gonna to do that here. All we're going to do is pray. If you've never prayed before, that's fine. Just stand quietly in the corner and listen. That's okay. But I believe we have to make a stand for our society and we have to stand on the truth of the Word of God. Nothing more, nothing less. Am I old-fashioned? Oh, I didn't think so. It's the truth. The truth doesn't change. And I believe that God is speaking to our hearts this morning. We need to detox from that stuff that's out there. And, and if you don't turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful faith, the things of earth don't grow strangely dim. They get bigger and they get scarier and they get more confusing. So I think this is our opportunity 
to put a flag in the mountaintop, to put, draw a line in the sand and say, enough. Now, we can't change everybody out there, but we can change ourselves. Let's put the Word of God in our hearts. And let's pray for this nation because it is going to hell in a handbasket right now. And what, all that is required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. We must be the ones who do something. So would you bow your heads? I want you to examine your heart first of all. Are you infected with this, this relative truth thing that's going through our society? Because if you are, you need to repent and get it right because there is only one truth and the truth that sets you free is the Word of God. If you've felt yourself sliding into this, this is your opportunity to say, Lord, change me. Lord, I repent and I come back to your Word, the Word of God. This is your opportunity to suit up in the armor of God and to take the sword of the Spirit and in the Spirit to claim our nation for Jesus. But if you have been, and, and I can't answer this, only you can answer this. If you have been sucked down this, this hole, if you can feel it all around you and you feel the pressure, especially you young people, this is the moment you need to say, I repent and I'm going to get this right going forward. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you to pray with me. All of us, we all need this. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of being sucked into the world's stuff. I turn away from it to you, Lord. And I say, Lord, have your way in my heart. Put your truth in my heart. And I promise you that I will stand for truth in my nation. Now, many of you have prayed that and you believed it with all your heart. God bless you. That is awesome. Some of you here, this may be entirely new. You may be saying, gee, I've never been to a church, let alone a church like this. But if that's you, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I can't finish this without telling you the greatest truth you could possibly know is that you are a sinner, you are destined for hell, but Jesus paid the price for you. And if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He will cleanse you and purify you and you will be saved forever, for eternity. So if that is you, if you've never asked Jesus into your life or maybe you've wandered away, let's get it right. If you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? If you can't say yes, heaven, 100%, you must pray this prayer because this is for you. This, is, this coming to Jesus can save your soul if you accept Him as your Lord and Savior. So if that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I don't know if there's anyone here like that, but I'm not going to stop this meeting without leading, leading you to the, to the Lord. Pray this prayer with me. Believe it with me. It'll change your life forever for good. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. And right now, Lord, I turn away from my sin to you. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for the gift of eternal life. And if that is you and you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, just shoot your hand up wherever you are. If it's you, if there's no one here, that's fine. But if, if it's you, we don't want you to leave. 
half-baked here. This is important. Praise God. Lord, you've seen people come to you this morning. We want to proclaim truth. Your truth is, is truth from cover to cover. And Lord, we just proclaim righteousness to our nation. Righteousness to our nation, Lord God. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And our people are in disgrace, Lord God. We proclaim truth to our nation. Truth to the nation of Australia. We speak Jesus into our schools, Lord, into our parliament, into our hospitals. We speak Jesus, Lord, into our homes and our families, our shopping centers, our businesses, Lord God. We speak Jesus into the airwaves. Speak Jesus onto television and, and internet and radio, Lord God. We want to proclaim truth. And Jesus is truth. He's the word. Lord, speak to our hearts as we pray for our people. We pray that you would just speak to our hearts. That this would be a moment when we proclaim righteousness and truth to a nation that needs to hear it. Amen.